0: welcome to three R Sports, and kind of on time is Raj this week i won't completely call him on time robbie can you testify that i sent the link at 8 a.m this morning correct
1: hey this was the earliest it's ever been sent i was Early. shocked to i i got i got two emails from you i was thinking the world's about to blow up but no it was just you doing things on time i, I You You can't mix things up on us,
2: dude. Like sometimes it's email, other times it's text. You know, I'm not that smart.
0: I usually send it all three ways. I may Uh, start telegraphing it too. So, uh, (laughs) welcome to Three R Sports, guys. I feel like we're like around the corner from football season. It's like, you know, the 17th is our football special, live from Davis Kessler and Davis. That is two weeks away from tonight, Robbie. I have a jamboree the 14th at Sequoia County Stadium. It's here, it's here, Robbie.
1: Um, I know I, I can't wait. And uh, you know, even though we had football season last year, this one feels different and it just feels so much better, and it's almost here. And the um, anticipation and the hope, the hope for the season. Everything except for the Vols, but yes, the hope for the Titans, the hope for my to be named later fantasy football team. Um, I was looking at cheat sheets today and just got excited.
0: Cheat sheets and names or players?
1: Um, a little bit of both.
0: Because I, I'll be honest, sometimes your names are better than your team.
1: Well, wow. <laughs> your names
0: are always stellar. <laughs> Raj, we know you're still deeply in baseball season and you're deeply uh, you're playing You're your injured player tonight. We understand you're gutting one out for the team. How excited are you for football season?
2: I'm pretty stoked. I didn't realize I was, you know, my name is Revenge Raj tonight, and that's because a certain cheating ass. Can I say ass? I just did. Team from uh, the state of Texas is back in Dodger Stadium tonight. Uh, They were there last year, but this is the first time in front of 55,000 since they stole signs from you, Darvish, and admitted to cheating for three consecutive years, including a time when Jose Altuve robbed Aaron Judge of the MVP in 2017. Anyways, I'm pretty fired up for that, so it's hard for me to switch that off. Uh, You know, the Dodgers are finally getting healthy, and uh, I you know, this This could be a very strong team,
1: to say the least. Is, Rob, uh, is that TV tonight?
2: Uh, it's the free uh, MLB game on MLB.com, MLB TV. Um, it may be on YouTube as well, but it is, on, uh, it is online. Um, but, you know, I didn't realize it. You know, last year was so up in the air. You know, I know we're going to talk about this in a sec, but Robbie texted that Jalen Hurts was a number 10 overall QB, and I was like, oh it just instantly like flipped a switch. Like I I got in mode and uh, yeah, I suddenly got stoked. I didn't realize I was ready for that. Um, You know, just because I love baseball doesn't mean I have to turn one on and, you know, turn the other off, so to speak. Um, That's the beauty of this time of year and football season and everything. I'm looking in the magazine that I bought that I have not looked at at all, clearly. Wanted to see where Jalen Hurts was. So while you guys discuss, uh, I'll blurt it out if I ever find it.
0: Well, tonight we're going to start with a subject I didn't even have in our list tonight. But Robbie, quite correctly, corrected me. And it's probably the biggest story in the NBA. So we just talked about MLB. We just talked about NFL. So let's start with the NBA story. Basically, the Lakers have cleared out their roster, trading Kyle Kuzman, Harl, KCP, the number 22 pick in last week's draft to the wizards for russell westbrook which at the time i believe left them four people and since then they've signed dwight howard and some <laughs> other old guys that i went to college with and now they I'm have seven, seven people on roster what are we going to make of uh, one of these days it's going to blow up in their face But is the combination of Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook with a bunch of Randles enough to win an NBA title?
1: So, I mean, obviously, nothing gets done on a team LeBron's on without LeBron signing off on it. So he obviously signed off on this. What I don't get and I can't make sense of it is if, Davis doesn't get hurt last year. I think they win the championship again. And so are are you tinkering with a I mean not tinkering, blowing up a roster that won a championship in the bubble and without injuries, probably would they would have at least been the finals. I, I'm confident of that. Maybe they don't beat Milwaukee, maybe they do. But I think you would bring the original game back together and and run it back and see without with without injuries if you can you know, win it again. I'm interested to see how Westbrook and LeBron play together. I mean, that we, it was the same talk with Harden and Kyrie last year. Um, I'm and I'm not, I'm just not so sh- This, this reminds me of uh, 03 and 04 Lakers whenever. Malone and Peyton all came and tried to win a title before Kobe and Shaq broke up and they ended up going down in flames to the Pistons. Um, I, I'm not sure this is a good move. I think I would have with AD and LeBron, you have two of the top five players in the league and you match up well with anybody. So I don't know if I would have blown this up.
0: So the four players they signed Roger or uh, Raj, Dwight Howard a bring back Trevor disease. I believe a bring back also Wayne Ellington and another bring back and Kent Baysmore Is there minutes
2: in that group? Yeah. You know, I think so. Um, they still had the mid-level exception. Yeah. I agree with Robbie entirely. Uh, this is shades of 2003, 2004. Uh you know, that team was Karl Malone, Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, uh, Shaq, and uh, Rick Fox. And uh, only, I believe, Devin George and Kobe were under, like, a certain age, of, like 26. Uh, that team was aging. And the Pistons were young, aggressive. And they blew them out of the water. Everybody was young. You know, Ben Wallace mm. was a beast. Chauncey Billups. Um just, just a money team. Um, the Lakers had a lot of free agents, a lot of contracts up to, or do, rather. Uh, you know, I, they just used the mid-level exception because they still had it on Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn is a plus defender. He averages about 15 a game uh, in Miami. Um, you know, it was kind of down to him and Alex Caruso, and every Laker fan loves Alex Caruso. Like, who doesn't love a balding white guy from Texas who's got serious ups? And just throws it down. Uh, Caruso also started a, one of the finals games, a game three, I believe, uh, when they won it in the bubble and was lights out, also a plus defender. Uh, but again, balding white guy. I mean, sorry, I'm teeing you up, Rob, but uh, just kidding. Hey, Randall's
1: there too. We're, we're, we're <laughs> hey, we we got two out of the three balding white, white men right here. Yeah,
2: hey, I'm a balding feelings, brown man. guy. Yeah, well, I'm a balding brown guy, but anyways, um, you know, that. Andre Drummond left. Sayonara. He, um, you know, Dwight Howard came back. Like we said, you know, defensive presence. Um, I feel much better after getting Kendrick Nunn long story short, but yes, they need to get younger. I mean, you can't be signing Mello and all these dudes and, you know, really the only young guys they have now are Taylor Horton Tucker, who, uh, they're super high on and, uh, Kendrick Nunn, who I believe is 26 or something like that. But yeah, there is no, uh, I mean, one guy goes down, and that's an old team. But they can learn to play. I mean, Westbrook's a walking triple-double. LeBron's a walking triple-double. It's going to take some time, but AD stays healthy. I think they'll figure it out. But the defense, especially the perimeter defense, is what I worry about.
0: So, so that's the one question I had for you. Uh, talk of signing Mello, after you let Caruso walk, after you let Dennis Schroeder walk, I, I was more shocked that they let Caruso walk than maybe you were, because he was maybe the best plus defender, unheard of in on that team. So, what does your lineup look like? Can you take a stab at one? Or you, Robbie? Can you? I mean, because right now I, I don't know who's playing where right at with the eighth they have. And if you ask yeah, I'm- Anthony, where are you at?
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure that it's early. I mean, I guess the season starts in October now. I mean, I'm with you, though. What does Carmelo Anthony bring to the table? I mean, he's a shooter, but he doesn't play defense. And with Westbrook and LeBron and Anthony Davis, like, you've got tons of scoring. I just don't know why you want – a shoot, I mean, I'd, I'd rather get a defensive shooter um, or defensive stopper to take some pressure off of LeBron and Westbrook playing on the wings. Besides, for LeBron playing with his friend and just being happy and some good locker room chemistry, I, do, I don't know what Carmelo brings to the table. So, no, I think, I mean, obviously, they've got three great, great players, two MVPs, um, all of them going to be Hall of Famers, but. Uh, How they fit together, I I don't see it yet.
0: Well, I would assume the big three, along with none, and then uh, uh, would you would you start Horton Taylor? Would be your starting five, or Uh,
2: it's you know they're interchangeable. Um, Horton Tucker's not. The good thing about first of all, they have a record if. Mel no signs five players over the age of 35. So, obviously, we didn't really learn our lesson. So uh, I, we, I do
0: see Malik Monk is still on the roster.
2: Malik yeah. Monk. Um, you know, one thing I see with this lineup is versatility. Uh, Caruso ended up getting $9 million per year. Kendrick Nunn, a very similar player. Probably a better – he is a better scorer. Also, defense, plus defensive player. Decided for the mid-level at, at two years and $10 million to $5 million per year. Uh, he wants to win a title. So, you know, you kind of, they cancel each other out, in my opinion. Westbrook, LBJ, you know, these are guys that can play two, three different positions. The second unit, each one of those guys can come on pretty much by themselves with all of those other old dudes. Um, and, and you wouldn't lose a lot in terms of second unit versus another team's second unit. Uh, D12 was huge in the bubble. Just an enforcer, and really freed up Anthony Davis. Uh, he played so hard, and Andre Drummond. It's one thing he will never be known for is playing hard, uh, yeah. unless unless it comes with to the ladies. Um, you know, Mark Gasol. Yeah, I mean, he got eight, six, eight minutes per game for a reason. But Horton Tucker again is a big guard. Um, they're not done, but yes, they. Uh, I, I see versatility here, despite the age. And again, not only in players, but in box score. I mean, you got two guys that are highest top five triple doubles all time. That's usually pretty good, but there's only one basketball.
1: Yeah, what troubles me about the team they have now is you can't run this age group through a regular season trying to get the number one seed. So you're just saying load management, let's get to the playoffs. We're going to have three of the top Five players on the court so you're gonna to have to win a lot of road playoff games um in the western conference which is loaded now i'm not one to ever bet against lebron um but that's tough is this team is this
2: a 50 and 32 regular season team i think they'll be better than that uh you know most players to a t said that the bubble was a lot more rigorous than a standard playoff despite the lack of travel and whatnot um, you know, it's pretty crazy. And whether that be the lack of defense, you know, the, everything being so dense, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, most players said that that was much more aggressive. I agree that, you know, maybe a 55-win team, 50-55, to 55, I think that's a safe bet. Uh, like you said, it's all about load management. Um, mm-hmm. They're not going to be running those three. You, you know, we saw what happened in a short season with AD, and Rob's right. They were up 2-1 on Phoenix, and then AD got hurt. Game over. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it is a fifty to fifty-five win team, but it's also got some serious veteran experience, and they don't care where they play; they can win anywhere.
0: What What is the upside? You know, and I got to see Dwight Howard a lot in person. What is Dwight Howard's upside over fifty games now? Can he still be a All Star layer player? if you manage him correctly, because there's no way Dwight Howard at 36, 37 year old is going to go play 82 games, but in a, in a short spurt, can can Dwight Howard be enough inside with AD that 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 covers it?
1: Well, what you have, I mean, you just, so AD must be double teamed. LeBron must be double teamed. Um, Westbrook, has to at least have enough attention. Someone's got to be on the help side with him. It just gets to a – he's still 6'11", foot, and can dunk. I mean, it yeah. just – can rebound. And so you get putbacks, you get defense, you get open looks on double teams. I mean, I guess that's what Carmelo's there for too is, you, hey, someone's going to have to shoot the wide-open threes. And because they are a defensive nightmare as far as – because you can't guard – Anthony Davis one-on-one or or you just let him score every time or 80% of the time. Same with LeBron. I mean, you got to have help on these people. And so that's what I think you bring Howard in for uh, cheap labor and uh, wants to win. And yeah, you know, can't teach height and jumping.
2: True. True. Yeah. He's uh, I think the difference is in, you know, the bubble year, he accepted finally his fate as a role player and he did an amazing job. You know, the last two years, he played in 69 games each season, averaged seven to eight points a game. Uh, but more importantly, in, you know, 17 to 20 minutes, he's getting eight, nine, 10 boards. Um, you know, he's an enforcer, like Rob alluded towards. Uh, you know, he's he's going to get clean up. He's a monster physically. He's taking care of his body, uh, much like LeBron and, and Kobe, rest in peace prior. And, uh, you know, he knows he's coming in there to, to thump on people and clean up the Garbage and get boards and kick it out to three huge scorers. You know he went to Philly and tried it out. He's back with the Lakers for a reason. Odds out of a hundred,
0: the Lakers win a title. Robbie,
1: um, I'm put. I haven't looked at the odds. I'd give them about a sixty percent chance. I still. Bull. um, Milwaukee's tough Clippers are the well it depends on if uh, Kawhi depends on what his injury is Um, I'd go 60% um, I'd Um, be comfortable with that
0: Roger resident Laker fan
2: uh, I'd probably be around 55 just because of the age thing and you know Phoenix is a young aggressive team the Clippers if Kawhi comes back at a an infusion of young talent. Um, yeah, I probably, it's, the age thing does scare me. I'm not going to lie. Plus, you got the Nets waiting for you for uh, yeah. Milwaukee. In all likelihood, uh, you know, Durant is the best player in the game right now, um, all things considered. Uh, not to mention Golden State, you know, that, yeah, forget that, that, uh, when Clay Thompson's on the floor with Steph Curry, they don't lose much. So the West is going to be insane this year. Um, and Luca, and you know it's it's going to be interesting. You know, one thing about the Lakers is their roster isn't done. Uh, yeah. Rob Polenka knows what he's doing, so we shall see. But fifty-five, sixty, I'm comfortable with. I believe I've seen somewhere them and the Nets are like the two favorites, or the Nets were just ahead of them. But yeah, we, we don't want to fall in the trap of oh three, oh four.
1: Quickly, are you taking the Nets big three or the Lakers big three? Me, Lakers.
2: You just
0: stole my next question.
1: Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, well, uh, Randall, he, uh, Rajwin, Lakers, who are you going with? I'm going with the Nets. Um, I think I'm going with the Nets also. I think There's it a, depends a, on if,
2: if AJ's on the back. floor or Durant's on the floor. You know, those two guys are the difference maker. If one of them is hurt, you go the other way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. absolutely.
2: All right, Beck we do more west
0: coast basketball than any i put on the headline today when i was advertising our podcast out the world's most dangerous podcast west coast to the dirty south and that may be that may be our new tagline so this week was a crazy week in sports and we'll be back to la again here in just a second trade deadline baseball you saw two teams that were not that far out of first place that were contenders that are big market teams basically sell their whole team off and then you saw the tampa bay rays who sold their whole team off in the offseason Go quietly put together a power hitter, a couple more pitchers, and now they're back in contention. I don't think I remember a crazier trade deadline. Raj, we'll start with you, and I know we'll kind of break down some of the trades, but overall the impression of the last week in Major League Baseball and the Nationals and the Cubs just basically – Throwing all their chips in and saying, okay, we're starting over.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, it was the busiest trade deadline and probably the best ever. Um, the Cubs, you know, Jed Hoyer came out, I think, today or yesterday and said it was frustrating that we couldn't get our three stars to sign contract extensions. Those guys, I mean, Rizzo's getting up there, but those guys aren't that old. I mean, there's no reason, in my opinion, that they necess- – it, it wasn't necessary for them to have a fire sale. Um and, and I don't just, think they got just before go the season, they let Schwarberg walk. So let's exactly. go back to that. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then he went to the Nets and then they traded him after he had like one of the hottest Junes or whatever it was, just hitting Homer after Homer. But um, you know, Scherzer was 37 and he's a rental. If not for Trevor Bauer and his alleged sickness, uh, um, you know, the Dodgers wouldn't have had to made that deal. Uh, but Corey Seager is gonna be a free agent at the end of the year. Trey Turner's under control for one more year. Um, So, you know, they play the same position. But L.A. loves versatility, and they got all that. I think Washington, though, you know, they they did better than the Cubs. Um, You know, the Dodgers had to give up talent to get who they got. One of them was Kybert Ruiz, uh, an amazing catcher. But, you know, him and Will Smith play the same position. And there's only one catcher, and there's no D.H. in the National League. Josiah Gray was the Dodgers' top pitcher. Uh, You know, they were showcasing him, gave up a few – few dongs when he came up, but he'll be okay. Donovan Casey, a double-A outfielder. You know, Washington, in my opinion, did much better with two players than the Cubs did with three. And they still have Juan Soto. Uh, they still have Strasburg. You know, they're, they're going to be all right, and I think they'll be back way sooner than the Cubs. Uh, but, yeah, it was crazy. An underrated move, too, was uh, Chris Bryant to the Giants. Uh, I'm not real thrilled about that one, but, um, you know, the the Dodgers GM, Andrew Friedman, his protege, is – uh, Farhan in San Francisco, and and he pulled a Friedman move, getting Chris Bryant, which was really well done. Unfortunately for LA,
0: Robbie, I know you're not the biggest baseball guy in the world, but even you had to be interested in just teams. They kind of they sold off their AMC early.
1: Um. Yes. Yeah, so this this was this was my takeaway from from the trade deadline and. Raj just gave you much more of a intelligent breakdown than I will be able to do about the trade deadline. So I will just go with just overall thoughts. Um, it's kind of what a World Series brings to the fan base and to the uh, equity these people in charge have. Um, and then so, like, the Cubs won – And then now, boom, we're starting all over. Like, we're no longer going for fire sale. The Nats, they won a World Series. Boom, fire sale. We're, you know, we're going back to the basics, back to the um, money ball philosophy. Let's get prospects. Let's, let's rebuild this whole thing again. Uh, And so it's so far from the Yankees' view of just going for it every year, every year, every year. Let's win, win, win. It looks like the Dodgers, hell, the whole. NL West is all going for it, um, which makes it great for that division and for that you know the Dodgers have always been a big deal, and but now San Diego and and, and just the whole West Coast going for it. Um but yeah, yeah, it's, the,
0: it, it's different. On the West Coast, yeah. It is like yeah. a particular explosion out there right now.
1: Right. And so yeah, all these players, I mean it's 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 exciting for the sport, it's exciting for what's great for sport to be Leading off Sports Center um, with something besides Yankees Red Sox for the 17,000th time. So I think it's good to grow the sport nationally instead of it being a regional game. So I think that's good. Um, I know my, my uh, brothers' in laws are huge Cubs fans, and they were just like, what is going on? Like, just, you know, that whole. That that magical 2016 team is all gone now, and you just got to be like, hey, instead of riding it out and hoping, you know, thing like all your all your play all your the, your best moments as a sports fan in your life, they're all gone now. So it's kind of sad for them. And then you have the White Sox across town doing really well, and so again yeah, I mean, new teams in the mix, which is good. But yeah, I think it's just a. A World Series now buys you a lot of clout and you can blow up teams now.
0: Uh, speaking of that, uh, we didn't, I haven't even contacted Ray Ray, the ultimate Cubs fan this week. I thought I'd give him a week off, but his mom seriously posted how depressed Ray Ray was after trade tread deadline. He worshiped Rizzo and it's the only baseball he ever knew was Rizzo and Bryant and Baez. And,
1: Think about how many kids in Chicago are named after those guys. A bunch. A bunch. Yeah. Not to uh, mention
2: the the 80-year-old that waited his whole life to get one title. And then within four years, you know, there's no reason. You know, the Dodgers have been relevant. Uh, some would argue, you know, should have two or more. The Giants had three in, what, four or five years. You know, there's no reason why you have to blow it up. It Right. You know, for every Marlins fire sale, and they did it twice and won two championships. Uh, you know, a, a lot of it's about your GMs and your scouting international and otherwise. The Dodgers have always been very relevant there. Giants as well. Um, you know, some organizations can just reload versus rebuild. And uh, I think for the Cubs, I, I do feel bad. I mean, that was a magical year. Hey, hey, David Ross is still there. And talk about getting a raw deal. The guy waited like his whole life to become a manager. And now he's in Chicago. And they get rid of all of his best players. Yeah. Kimbrel's having a point, what? He had a sub, what, one ERA, like .59, which is insane. Um, and then yeah. they have
0: got the best player in the whole deal for Kimbrell and Nick Margell from the White Sox. I mean, that's yeah. a nice player. Mm-hmm. I want to nice. stop you right there before we go farther. There is a way to rebuild without tearing your franchise root to root. Now, we would all agree the Braves have had a tragic year injury. But let's look at what they did at the trade line deadline. Bryce Ball was a top-10 first baseman in their organization, blocked by Freddie Freeman. Uh, they do trade off uh, Blaze Wilson, who last year was great in the playoffs, not so good this year. But you add a closer and Richard Rodriguez, you added a catcher and Stephen Vogt. You added four outfielders and Adam Duvall, uh, Eddie, uh, uh, Eddie, um, what's his name for the twin? Eddie Udera, uh, Solaire, and Jock Peterson. And the Braves didn't break up their system. They didn't give away, uh, uh, they didn't give away West or Pache or, you know, any top prospects. But the Braves probably aren't going to win a World Series. matter of fact, I'm I'm telling you, they probably did this to get to the playoffs without a Kuna. But I felt like the Braves at least went out there and tried. If I was a fan of some of these teams, like the Phillies, I don't know that you tried to get better. And you're in the deadline. So the Braves, the, uh, the Mets tried to get better in the East. The Phillies stood pat, and the Nats sold off everything. Mm -hmm. So did the the Marlins were out of it. But you had a four-team race. One of the teams collapsed. One did nothing. One did a bunch of minor deals, and one went for it. If you're a fan of one of those teams that did nothing, how do you feel today?
1: Uh, Well, let me just talk. So I'm looking up at the National League East right now. It is amazing. Uh, the run differential of these teams for the season, Mets minus 10, Phillies minus 18, Braves plus 49, Nationals minus 21, the Marlins and at plus plus 1. The Braves should be better than they are. Like The records should be better than they are. They're a better team than they are, the win-loss record is showing. They have good nights and they have horrible nights. So yeah, if I'm the Brave, I'm still confident that this division is winnable. And then you get in the playoffs, and who knows? I mean, don't forget, last year they had a three-one lead over the Dodgers. Like, uh, you know, obviously their best player is still out, but there's still plenty of talent on that team. So, yeah, I'm looking at the Braves and thinking, looking what the Nats did. I'm um, I, I, I'm I'm happy as a Brave if I'm a Braves fan right now.
0: You had it. Jorge Solera, who hit 4,148 yeah. home runs two years ago. Now, he might hit 220, but he's a gold-glove right fielder and a 50-home run power. I agree with you.
2: Yeah, they, uh, I was super impressed. Anthopolis is easily one of the best GMs in the league. They didn't give up Jack, really, and they got in a super winnable division. And as we all know, anything can happen if you get in the playoffs. Solera and Jock Peterson are under one-year deals. So what? You free up that money afterwards. You could catch lightning in a bottle. They got arguably one of the best relievers aside from Kimbrel and Richard Rodriguez from Pittsburgh. You know, Dodgers last year. One good, one thing common with all teams that do well in the playoffs is, you know, their bullpen and defensive ability. And Soler and Peterson are both, you know, Jock can play two positions. They're both plus defenders. Um, you know, they lost the best player in the, arguably in the league and they went for it. And, you know, their pitching staff has had massive injuries, but um, you know, they're still obviously, you know, a solid pitching staff with uh, Morton and uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Freed and Ian Anderson, if he can get healthy, Uh, Smiley's a veteran. Uh, Yeah. So, um, you know, on top of that, they added, you know, not a huge average guy, but how many homers has Duvall hit this year? ironically enough for another team, but now he's back. I mean, he's hit, like, what, 30 home runs or something like that? I I think I'm – Oh, no, he was deadly in the bubble last year. For 60 games, he hit, like, 17 home runs. No, sorry. He's got 22 home runs and 69 RBIs and an OPS of 740, uh, still above the average. So, yeah, man, they can catch lightning in the bottle. Those guys can all get hot. You know, they're up 6 nothing right now. You never know. That's a winnable division, to say the least.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: The the last thing I want to talk about before this is, and it just came out lately. um, Before we leave baseball, we'd be remiss not to mention the Mets and Kamar Rocker. Uh, Rocker doesn't sign. Basically, the Mets claim he's injured. Rocker claims he's not. Uh, Last I knew, I had a four o'clock deadline. I don't think it got done. Is it fair that the Mets doesn't sign their first-round pick and they're punished by getting an extra first-round pick next year? So they go from the 10th pick, not signing any in the 21. They get the 11th pick next year because they didn't sign the 10th pick this year. That may be one of the most unfair thing I've heard
1: of in sports.
0: That's like drafting the wrong player and somebody letting you redo it.
1: I've done that.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, uh, what do you make of that, Rog? Do you, don't sign your first-round pick.
2: Hey, uh, you guys should know a uh, homeboy from Tennessee, Luke Hocheber. Uh, But I think that was contractual more than anything uh, with the Dodgers. And I don't remember their compensation, to be honest. Yeah, um, you know, two years ago, Rocker was the overall done number one. It wasn't even a debate back then. An elbow injury. I mean, I, I agree with you. that that's They seem to be rewarded for not scouting properly. Or, yeah. you know, was there any fraud or deceit by Rocker's camp? I don't believe so. Um, that, that does seem a bit uh, overly beneficial for the Mets, in my opinion. So, so
1: wait. So, the, you're going to have to explain. To me. So, the Mets picked a player – They didn't sign him for injury reasons, and then they get the same pick next year?
0: Yes. So you made a bad pick. You found out after the draft. You just don't sign him, and you get the pick back next year.
1: And that's in addition to another first-round pick? Yes. Yeah, that – Yeah, base the the baseball draft's stupid. Yeah, yeah. I think
0: I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. (laughs) That's
1: that's the end of my analysis on that. I don't know anything other than that.
0: I'm passing on all my draft picks this year, and I'd like to take double picks in the 23 draft because, or 22 draft because, I I think if y'all let me have twice as many picks as everybody else, I might win the league. Now,
1: did this kid? Did this kid get to go play in college, or is he going straight to their farm system? I mean, he, theory. Were,
0: he was at Vandy. Vandy. He pitched in the College World Series for Vandy. Scott. Forrest oh, well, if you Vandy.
1: draft a Vandy player, you should lose your pick anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Scott
0: Forrest is his agent, says he's healthy. Yeah. The Mets says he's not. So it's kind of a crazy, crazy situation. But, you know, Kamara, Kamara Rocker could return to Vandy and pitch in college next year. After Bring it on. Vandy.
1: Vols are going to beat that ass. Roger. Yeah, I figure we can.
0: But then again, Kamar uh, Rocker's dad is former defensive line coach at Tennessee, Tracy Rocker's son.
2: So, uh, And he is half Indian, which is awesome. Uh,
0: yeah. He's, so there's hope for your son, Raj to make it to the major leagues. Exactly. So we're about halfway to the show and this is usually when we do something fun. So let's do A little different and and the topic I don't know if y'all had a lot of time to look at it this week was the top 10 iconic images of college football and I'll be honest with you I don't have a complete top 10 I'm gonna kind of roll it off my head I have several I like either one of y'all have your top 10 ready
1: I do I do for once as well Right, you go first. You're never prepared. I know. Tell oh, me I'm about it. I'm
0: Proud of both of you. This gives me time to get one together while you go. We'll start with Mr. Davis, Mr. Mata. You're second up.
1: Okay. I'll start, I'll start. So, so uh, I I wrote wrote this down. So I've got um the eagle soaring around Jordan Hare. Good I've work. got the Ball Navy Howard Rock, Howard Rock. I've got. Uh, Death Valley with the LSU White, um, just the Rose Bowl and everything it it stands for. I've got Ohio Ohio State, Michigan, uh, the Penn State Whiteout, uh, the USC Song Girls, A uh, and M Twelfth Man, and you know what? The more I started thinking about this, just one character means college football and especially in the south paul feinbaum i just got him as just an image of college football and i think with the with the rise of popularity of it and um you know it's the second most popular sport in america and he's just the you know the mouth of the south and um i just couldn't get through my list without thinking of and, and part of it is the alabama auburn rivalry the iron bowl but is it a game or is it just the year round bitterness and it, and it just uh, makes itself embarrassingly so uh, p- popular on fine bomb yes characters who murders trees man now
2: to be very honest the west coast other parts of the country we i mean i know about fine bomb and i knew about him i know about him now but it's not like something we watched, but since then, you know, they put it on ESPN Two his show every day. So it's a little bit different. Um, I had a remarkably similar list. Um, You know, the song girls, you know, I was thinking the same, you know, the images and whatnot. One thing Randall had suggested, I won't steal his thunder, but it involves USC. Uh, I'm sure he's going to go with that. Um, I also added, you know, Rose Bowl, of course. Uh, I added Notre Dame. Uh, whether it be Play Like a Champion today or Touchdown Jesus or their guard, the, the Irish guard, or uh, I can't remember what they do, the the song before the start of the fourth quarter, but it's pretty sweet watching the students section. Um, I also, you know, dotting the I instead of Ohio State, Michigan, I put dotting the I. I was thinking images for some reason. Um, I love Ralphie the Buffalo uh, in Colorado, you know, back in the day when – They were good, and that place was sold out. Cordell and whatnot, and Ralphie came out. That was pretty sweet. Way better than that Sooner wagon, because Ralphie, oddly enough, doesn't tip over. Um, And then (laughs) this was honorary for me. It's pretty cool, even though the team is not that great. It hasn't been in a while. Is Enter Sandman at Virginia Tech.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I think that's pretty cool. I can't believe that stadium stays standing. It looks like it's going to fall over, um, and probably not – an appropriate thing right now in the world. I didn't mean that as a reference, but uh, just, uh, you know, I had LSU at night, you know, the whiteout, like I said, uh, just very similar list. I mean, these are iconic images for a reason. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, my honorable mention was Wisconsin's jump around. And then I I thought about, I mean, it's hard to say uh, college football without Notre Dame. It's just, in my lifetime, Notre Dame, it's just, ha- it, it, like, they're there, but there's no rivalry in our neck of the woods, and there's no, they just, they've been a punching bag for the majority of, of my life, you know. And so it, it's, while they're there, you know, it's just, it. they're kind of like, um, uh, I don't even know who to compare them to. I mean, even when they're good, they end
2: up being a punching bag in yeah. the BCS era, and they, they think they can play with the SEC's best, and they end up getting trucked nine yeah. times out of ten. So I get it. Um, yeah, I have a different conception of them. Obviously yeah, the and SC you, and you the and,
1: rivalry. Yeah, and the like, yeah. same thing is like, yeah, I mean, you know, Tennessee, Alabama is still a huge game to us Vols fans, but to the rest of the country, I mean, it's not. I mean – Tennessee never wins. And so it's, it's just like... It's 55-3 to to the rest of the country. Yeah. <laughs> but now,
2: saying that, uh, my first experience, I've said this before, with the SEC was I was in graduate school in Ohio and a couple of buddies uh, were from the SEC, one from Florida, and I came down to Tennessee. I've said this many times, Tennessee, Florida, at uh, Neyland. And I had, to that point, never seen anything like it. And that's what Tennessee was good. The strip was... I mean, the strip's always been kind of ugly, but you couldn't see any part of the road because it was all blocked off, and everybody was in orange. Um, it, that was unlike anything I've seen. Not to mention, we were able to sneak in the game for free uh, via the TV tunnel and just basically waited for a big play and walked up into the student section uh, where there was a bunch of girls in boots with booze in their shoes, which something I'd never seen before
1: either. So that was um, that was that was pre uh, Fort Sanders. Yacht club with the vodka infused Capri Suns. Indeed, yes. and
2: that's a basketball tradition. But we do love yeah. Fort Sanders. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean it's a, you know Tennessee Florida to me has always been a huge game. As you know, like Rob said, in, in my Southern SEC lifetime, Alabama just kicked the crud out of them every time. But you know they they manage to play good games with Florida a, often, and uh, I like seeing those colors too. Uh, the two schools. Uh, very vibrant and uh, obviously passionate, huge stadiums and great fans. So,
0: and I think it's an age thing. Florida is not the same as Alabama for me. Yeah. Uh, I grew up when it it was Alabama, Tennessee and Florida was non-existent. So, um, it's really in the last, if you're under 40, it's probably Florida. If you're over 40, it's probably Alabama. So, I've got a lot of you're a list, but I also, I love some of the pageantry of college football. So I'm going to, I'm going to go down my list a little bit. I have 11 because I can't get around. I can't get away from jump around. To me, that (coughs) looks just so fun. Uh, I also have the Virginia tech Metallica entrance at 10. I think that's awesome. At uh, number nine, I have the fact that Alabama has no logo. I still think the numerals on the helmet is ugly, but it is as identifiable as anything on the face in college football. When you see numerals on the side of the helmet, you know it's Alabama. Number eight also has to do with the helmet. I think there's nothing more identifiable than the big play Buckeye stickers on Ohio State's helmet. And how you start early in the year and you have a couple of stickers. And then by the end of the year in bowl season, you have somebody that's just covered in stickers. I'll, you know, every big play you make, every big hit, you receive a Buckeye sticker.
2: I like you that. receive an envelope, a fat envelope, right? right Ohio State. Yes, yes, that is true.
1: Hey, it's, it's straight. It's uh, it's a cashier's check now. NIL in full effect. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, cash out.
0: The, the – I don't know if the 12th man is the same thing as the aggie yell, but it's, it just, to me, is just awe-inspiring. Um, that number thing. six, and I've taken part in this, at a Florida-Auburn game, wearing an Auburn jersey, screaming my head off, pretending to be a student, rolled Toomer's Corner, and it was just, the tradition of it was really, really fun, you know? Uh, that weekend is always a special weekend for me. Uh, I went to Florida, I went to Tennessee, Alabama, got in my car, drove across state, and went to Florida, Auburn. So it doesn't get any better than that weekend for me. Uh, number five is my Tennessee tradition and I thought about all things Tennessee, and there is nothing for me thats that is more Tennessee than breaking the T at the beginning of the game. It is so rare in college football. It's a different effect. And uh, when we're actually good, it is a – it will shake the stadium. So breaking the T is is there with me. Um, Number four, I'll go to Pac-12. And 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 it's the one Raj was talking about. When USC, UCLA play and they both wear their home jersey. That is just – I love that. I wish – More teams would do it. Tennessee and Alabama did it once in the 70s. And I think it's just absolutely
2: iconic. Um, And, Randall, you're – and I agree with you. You're dating yourself as am I. But, you know, back in the day, whether it be O.J., not to mention – I mean, when they would play with their – it was the only rivalry that teams would wear their home colors. They're the only two programs that are, I think, 13 miles apart. But, you know, Marcus Allen, Charles White – it was a very vibrant picture, let alone at the Rose Bowl when both teams were actually good. We keep saying when our teams were actually good. Uh, it was so vibrant, Keith Jackson calling the game. Uh, so I agree 100% with you, but uh, maybe somebody of Rob's generation may not uh, may not have no, experienced I love, I love that, that when we were younger.
1: Well, I didn't it vibrant. experience back then, but I, I love it now. Yeah, it would be sweet in the SEC.
0: My favorite uniforms and my favorite uniform combination, and I have been there at night wearing the other team stuff, LSU at night wearing home whites to me is the most iconic image that college football presents. No one else wears home whites. No one else has – LSU is a strange place where they'll invite you to tailgate with you and drink beer with you. And then if you beat them, you better get ready to cut your way out of the stadium post game. I mean, it is unique in the world. It is the most friendly, nastiest crowd that I've ever been in, in my life. Now, this last one is one of the few things left on my bucket list, and I think all college football fans are to are to strive to go to an Army Navy game and yeah, the, the 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 parade of the cadets. Uh, Entering the stadium, the Army-Navy from different ends. Uh, I think that's my number one iconic moment in college football. Out of all the games I've watched in college football, in the last 50 years, I bet you I've watched 49 of the Army-Navy games. It's just something special to me. Notre Dame was there. I didn't know. You both said touchdown, Jesus. That was probably going to be my thing. Um. The duck on the motorcycle, as lame as it sounds, I think is neat. Oh,
1: we're, we're, did, did you go out to Eugene when Tennessee no, played it there? It's so obnoxious. It's so stupid. It is, um, yeah. The, has, has anyone been to the cocktail party?
0: I've been to the cocktail party. It is – it is. the thing about the cocktail party is how divided it is. and they, Yeah. I mean, it is very uh, – I went out with a Georgia fan, and I wore Georgia colors because – I, I hate. That's one of my pet peeves. If you're going to a Georgia Florida game, don't roll up in a Tennessee
1: shirt. You, you just, oh yeah, I don't like wearing. I, I go neutral. Don't wear. Don't I go, wear. I go gray. Yeah, don't wear a random team that's not playing. Just wear. Don't wear colors or wear. Just, pick just a, wear pick a t-shirt. Up. Now I would never wear Georgia or Florida colors, but
0: I think I wore a red Cincinnati red shirt because it was the only one I had. Yeah. Uh, the other one I wrote down early today, and, and, and I'm going to lump all of it together. Ralphie, Bevo, the Boomer Schooner, the Ramblin' Wreck from Georgia Tech. That was there, all that stuff. And for some reason, and I hate Florida, and these these are not on my top ten, but if I was a Florida fan, I would Gator Chomp you all day long because it's so obnoxious.
1: Um. Okay. I'll tell you what is yeah, it is obnoxious. I'll tell you what is really cool. Um, if you've never and I I can't believe the name of the horse is blanking on me. Uh, but a Florida State pregame when yes. uh, the 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 chief r- rides the horse out and plants the flaming spear at the, at the fifty yard line. War chant, war chant, right? Isn't war chant? Is that the no, name of the horse? It's chief, it's Chief Osceola. Osceola. Yeah, and then uh I can't remember the, the horse's name. Uh but that that's really cool. Um what floor state does. But again, back when they were good, you know Renegade. <laughs> Renegade. Renegade. Renegade, yes, yes.
0: There's so many of them. Um there's some that that I wanted to put on the list, and there, you just uh 10's not enough. I could have probably done 50 of them.
1: Um Well, well, think about Texas, Oklahoma didn't make either of our lists. I mean, those are two iconic, traditional uh, programs. I mean, while the Iowa tradition of waving to the kids, hospital, you know, that's very new, but very really, it's it's awesome. 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 But yeah, just not doesn't. I mean, yeah, the college football is so rich in tradition that it's hard to add everything.
0: You know, and we've lost some. I'd still, I miss, I miss the beer barrel. Tennessee and Kentucky mm-hmm. played for beer barrel for, for decades. Uh, I think this, UCLA-USC plays for the Victory Bell. Is that correct? It is. I, I know um, Michigan and Minnesota plays for Floyd of Rosdale, Pigs something.
1: Yeah. Wisconsin and Minnesota play for Paul, Paul Bunyan's Axe. And- I'll tell you what. Uh, back when they made NCAA football on PlayStation, if you were one of those, if you if you did a dynasty with the Big Ten teams, your trophy collection was huge because they've all got, you know, they, yeah. they've all got trophies with each other. Little brown jug. Uh, one thing about USC and UCLA, much
2: like other SEC schools, is, well, not quite as destructive as Dude that Killed a Tree, which I just could never get over. Um, you know, Tommy Trojan is duct taped. So is the UCLA. They're, they're bear, bruin, whatever it is. Throughout the week, they're on guard 24-7. The victory bell is painted in the color of whichever team won. Also uh, you know, being guarded, kind of like uh, from the movie Wildcats, where stealing the goat from the other team. <laughs> if anybody yeah. has not seen that movie, it for date ourselves, 1980. Randall's seen it. Great movie. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, iconic tradition, whatever you want to – however you want to frame it. You know, if you said the most heartwarming, then Iowa would be number one. It, it just – college football, pageantry of all of it. It offers so much. And me tell you my favorite we, USC, though, that I don't know
0: how I can leave it I, The jersey thing's the only reason I left it off. I love, and I think USC's, uh, UC, USC's is iconic. Michigan's iconic. <laughs> Just that victory cry, that victory bell. The band plays that note and, and, and you get that march. You know Exactly who it is, without a doubt. When-
2: and they uh sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. They light the torch at the start of the fourth quarter of the yeah. Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum built for the 1932 Olympics. Um actually maybe built before that because they even played baseball there, but uh it's pretty cool being in that stadium when USC is good against Notre Dame or UCLA sold out at night, and that torch lights up. It seems to do something to the team and to the crowd. Um, yeah, I the Coliseum yeah. is unlike any other in terms of architecture, so
0: pretty cool. But I, I want to ask Robbie, well, I, mean, I want to ask Robbie about the new Tennessee tradition, the walking to the bus in the fourth quarter. It seems to be getting more and more popular over the years.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, and, and that's what's funny is like, uh, and I and I was trying not to be a homer, um. Man, when Tennessee's rolling Rocky Top, man, that's like hearing that song, hearing 110,000 people sing Rocky Top, like that, that's, that's what college football is about. I mean, it's the most well, – I mean, the fact that, you know, even like, you know, you had Chip Kelly who, you know, come in when Oregon played or when uh, Jeff Teffer brought Cal. you know, just like the whole week in practice, they just play – the opposing team plays it on repeat. You know, that's just how important it is, and like get used to it. Like you're gonna hear it every first down, Rocky Top, you know, and that's just just cool.
0: You know you accomplish something, and this is not a shot at the Pac-12 or the Big Ten or any other conference. But it seems like when those schools come south that they have an experience they don't have in their conference. I remember Baker Mayfield talking after playing at Tennessee that that he had never experienced anything like that, and I know that's probably a lot mouth speak too. But you know, you've seen Baker Mayfield's face light up in his post conference interview, and and uh, uh, I I know going on the road, I can tell you right now, I I will never set foot in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium in my life. <laughs> but when eighty five thousand people start gator chomping at you as you're walking to your seat. It's it's pretty intimidating.
1: Yeah. Or,
0: or at Alabama when they sing Dixie Land a lot, and they f Auburn and Tennessee too. You know, it, it, it can well, be, it can be different.
1: I don't know. Uh, have any of you guys been to the Big House? I've, I've
0: been to the stadium when nobody was there. I just wanted to
2: see. Yeah. It.
1: So so it it's kind of how Texas is like, which would be Baker Mayfield's probably the only other comparison he has. To SEC, uh, the Big House. It's just, so it's built underground, but it just yes. stretches out so wide. And so you're not steep, you're not on top of each other. It's the quietest 110,000 people you could ever imagine.
0: Baker Mayfield would have never played at Texas, though. That's the reason I hate.
1: It. Oh, yeah, the other co- oh, the Yeah, Good good, call, good, catch there, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, and, hey, you I- know,
0: we'll move on from this subject, but I, I do think, of all and then this leads into the next subject is is expansion of college football. I, I do think that the that Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC is going to add something to the conference. Um, again, I, I have a gra- I have a great desire to go to a game at Oklahoma. I missed it a few years ago um, But what about expansion of college football? This week, it was reported that Clemson and Florida State had reached out to the SEC uh, with a desire to move. I guess, I guess, desire to move is the wrong word, but they
2: get on they board fire. or get left behind at the station.
0: Yeah, it's obviously going to be a power conference. SEC. When is too much too much, and who is nah. going to survive the battle of expanding conferences?
2: Roger, Roger or Roger, either one of you.
1: Raj, uh, you want to take it?
2: I really don't. You know, I even read stuff about, you know, that Pac-12's preeminent programs reaching out to possibly considering the SEC, you know, like USC and Oregon and maybe even Washington. I mean, when does this stop? It used to be a regional thing that made sense. And, you know, the Big Ten versus the, the Pac-10 and the Rose Bowl. Um, the SEC makes enough money as it is. I don't really know why uh, Oklahoma and Texas are doing this, but, you know, it's going to be a slippery slope, in my opinion. And if, if you're one of those teams stuck in another conference, you're not going to make nearly as much money. You're not going to play nearly as great of competition. Um, I don't know. I think it's silly all the way around. Just keep it. Even I didn't even like adding A&M, a natural, you know, Texas rival with, with uh, you know, with, Texas, rather than OU. Uh, when does it ever in Missouri? Like, come on, dude. When does it stop?
0: Well, Roger, right before we get off of it, the subject though. If the Pac-12 are forced to expand, are they? Could the Pac-12 get to 16 teams without raiding the Big 12 uh, leftovers? Could they? Would they? Have, would they be forced? to go into Texas and take a TCU or a Baylor or someone, you know, in the past, I think the Pac-12 has been very against taking religious-based schools. BYU. By BYU. And now would, would the Pac-12 then open their doors to Texas Christian, Baylor, BYU?
2: I guess they'd have to. You know, BYU and Boise State have been on the table before. Uh, you know, San Diego State, Lesser extent, Nevada, UNLV. I mean, look what you're talking about there versus whatever the SEC is going to become. Uh, You know, I'd like to see them stand pat if such a thing is possible. Not to mention, you know, that the SEC, it would be difficult for most teams other than Alabama to run the table. Um, So who knows what's going to happen in that if that actually does go down and you have an undefeated team. At least that other team can, you know, make an argument to be in the playoff and just like the Braves win in the NL East, if they do, you never know what can happen after that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, what if USC and Oregon join the SEC, the Southeastern conference, Th- then what's left, you know, like literally what's left in football. Uh, I don't know how it would go down. At least I'd get to watch more games and USC would make a lot more money on the network.
0: Robbie, um, You're an SEC guy with me. There's some points to Rogers why Texas and Oklahoma other than just money. Are you satisfied with Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC?
1: So this is obviously a very complicated topic. And because we don't know what the end game is yet. Um, Well said. I foresee – what the SEC wants to do is essentially become the Saturday version of the NFL, the, the third. I mean, I guess the NFL already has third, I guess the Saturday version of the NFL and do time slots and so, if that's their goal, they've got the best brand and they've got the TV partnership with ESPN. So now it becomes okay if you're on the outside looking in, regardless of where you are in the country, are you going to want in this league or not? If you're not in this league, what does that look like? Who are you TV partners with? Because if ESPN goes all in with the this this new league, this college, it's just called a college football league, p- packaged as the SEC. If ESPN goes all in with this league, the what then? NCAA is dead. I mean, they're probably already dead anyway. And so, yes, if I'm USC and I'm Oregon, yes, I'm absolutely saying, all right, uh, regional products. It's just gone. Like the NCAA, the college football is changing before our eyes. And so, if I'm the SEC, do I is twenty enough? Do I want to grab? um usc oregon ohio state michigan would they come or do i grab clemson florida state and that's my 20 and hey or or um, conversely do i wait till this tv market till this tv deal is up i add texas oklahoma for whatever the price is going to be then right after that deal we get this in place then I start picking more network or more markets. Then when the next TV rights come on, does Amazon, Google, Apple come and blow ESPN out of the water. Like there's so much finances that we don't know um, is what's going on. And this is happening so fast. And um, I agree with Raj and to the extent what he said earlier is like Missouri didn't make any sense to me. The St. Louis market wasn't a great addition. A&M, yes, Houston, that Texas market that, that brought some, some money. Um, Missouri seemed like a wrong fit, put them in the East. Now you got Missouri, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Um, they're there. So you got to deal with them. Um, and, but you hear the, the pac 12 and the big 12 are now talking about merging. If I'm USC and I'm Oregon, I'm not sure that makes a lot of sense to take some also-rans in Texas. Uh, but now does USC leave UCLA? You know Oregon's, Oregon State, sorry, you guys are out of there. Uh, they don't bring anything to the table. And so it, a long answer to the question is we don't know yet, but I think the SEC planted their flag even deeper as – they are going to be this new NIL version of college football.
2: Well, I got a, one question is, you know, Texas has arguably the most successful sports network in the Longhorn network of, BYU does as well. How does that come? It's all about money. We know this to me. It's like, when does the sec become a more selective NCAA? Like I would yeah. pick this team and that team and this team and that team. I mean, if, if this is the case and, and, I mean, the SEC is just next level when it comes to making money. But, you know, why not have a mandatory out-of-conference game, SEC versus Pac-12 every year, or you know, that type of thing. Uh, Limit the number of games because, I mean, nobody wants to see Alabama crush Missouri. But, you know, Alabama had one game against other power conferences. You know, I understand parity, and and that's not fair to the Mountain Wests of the world. But, I mean, that's going to be more fair and and equitable than – What's gonna happen if the SEC just starts swallowing up all the monster programs?
1: Well, I'm interested to see like does this 12-team playoff now go through or do they push it back? Because if I'm Oklahoma State or USC or Oregon, um or even Clemson, uh hey, I'm okay being the Gonzaga of college football. Let me just win my conference every year, get into the dance and let's see if I can do some damage. Because Oklahoma State now, if Big 12 has a bid, um, as they were talking, I mean, Oklahoma State should win the new Big 12 every single year. And, hey, if you're automatically into the playoffs, then, hey, that's that's revenue, that's, that's money coming your way. Now, if the question is now, if the SEC takes their Now they're Powerball and just says, hey, no, no, we want four, and we may get three of the four teams in ourselves. What happens to the rest of the leagues?
0: I I think there's a concede, Robbie, that if the SEC goes to four pods, that each pod member is guaranteed a spot. And I think the SEC has that kind of power. If you have a pod winner, they're automatically – playoff eligible.
1: So so yeah. you think you think of the twelve team playoff, SEC's gonna be guaranteed four spots. I, I think it's very conceivable. Probably I already mean, happened, so yeah <laughs> why do a bunch of pods. I, you, you probably are right that um, so they get a third of the playoff off the bat without wild cards. I mean yeah, yeah.
0: and then it comes down to an argument If the Pac-12 does add, and, you know, and I do, I do, let me, let me say, I do not have the love for Oklahoma and Texas, some do. I do understand the value of Oklahoma and Texas. But I would be very interested to see a combined Pac-12 with the best parts of the Big 12 left over. I do think a Baylor TCU, Oklahoma State uh, added to the Pac-12 becomes an aggressive conference. I think if the Big Ten, the Big Ten to me seems the least likely wanting to move, that I'm afraid the Big Ten, if they don't react soon, are going to get the Rutgers and the Temples and the Marylands. you know?
1: Well, if if I'm West Virginia, I'm terrified right now. Yes. Um, Kansas State, I'm terrified, and I'll not necessarily terrified, but you're looking at musical chairs. Uh, Notre Dame, you may be finding your if if I, so there's there's I think there's two ma- for four major players. Um. For Notre Dame, it's Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, and USC. Maybe four State. If Ohio State, Michigan, and USC, any combination of the other ones, if they jump to this mega conference, and they get to the twenty, Notre Dame can't. There, there's there's not enough quality opponents them to schedule to make them at all relevant anymore
0: so i do think that notre dame despite of its partnership with acc if push comes to shove and it becomes brand recognition and saving the brand i, I think notre dame is forced to join the big ten um and i don't know if the lay of the land is Part of it, but when you start talking about, you know, Notre Dame geographically is in Michigan's back door.
1: But what if what if Ohio State Michigan bounce?
0: If Ohio State Michigan bounce, look, there is six teams to me that control their own destiny that might write what happens here: Florida State, Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, Oregon.
1: Mm-hmm. Those I agree. Six
0: teams may determine what happens in the future of college football. If USC and Oregon decides we're going to stay in the Pac-12 and we're going to build around us, and they are some pieces out there. Washington's a viable football program. Uh, you know, uh, I've heard talk. I think Baylor's a viable football team. Uh, I think that if you could snap up Oklahoma State, they may be the best football program floating out there that no one's got a real beat on. Um,
1: And and this just shows the power of college football. In college basketball, Baylor and Gonzaga played in the championship and they may both be just in their own little conferences. Like it, it, this is a college football decision. These schools are all having to make and that's, yeah, it. it's not academic no more. It is college football, and it is television money.
0: So the other part of this, and I don't know if either one of you read it today, uh, evidently nine of the current 14 presidents signed a letter to uh, the SEC Commissioner Sankey asking to revoke Vanderbilt's membership in the SEC. Whoa. And that wow. uh, if they could get 12 members that you could actually see Vanderbilt kicked out of the SEC. Uh, And I read it from a legitimate source. It ain't a source that's going to – I'm going to – let me just see if I can pull that up. Uh, But the reason being was what does Vandy
2: bring to this? Academic reputation and (laughs)
1: let's get those guys. Well, (laughs) that's that's the only team Tennessee can beat.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they bring baseball. Basketball is pretty strong too. Yeah. Academically they're, now, you know, they do separate so, themselves, but, um, I mean, I didn't even, what's the source on that? Speaking of Vandy, the reason why I've been smiling is Walker Bueller's pitching and the Dodger fans have been booing incessantly. Uh, it was so loud when Altuve came up and Bueller just struck out Korea to get out of the inning. So Walker Bueller Vanderbilt, group positive, uh, no, they have a great program. They're still booing. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what is the source? And I'm looking for I read but, this but, at work. I really didn't
0: have time to read it. But why? Yeah, y'all go ahead and uh, discuss this. Real quick. Oh,
1: we're doing we're doing reckless speculation on Vandy getting kicked out. I love oh, no,
0: it. No, no, this was from someone. I want to say it was from the Athletic.
1: All right. Oh. So it so predict hey, reckless speculation. If Vandy if that is true, and if Vandy then gets removed, then all hell is gonna break loose, and it is going to open the doors for Michigan and Ohio State.
0: Yeah, I'm doing reckless. I'm still looking for it.
1: And if Michigan Ohio State come, yeah, then Clemson and Florida State and Oregon and USC are all coming, and that will be the new college football league. Reckless speculation.
0: Yeah, it's reckless until I find the source. <laughs> I'm it's probably checking out texting, the
1: athletic. It's probably industry. me texting at seven a.m. on Sunday morning with a hangover.
0: I, it might have been Reddit, but I, I don't know.
1: Oh well, Reddit. They, that's where I get my investment advice. It's it's legit. GameStop, <laughs> man, all the way i saw it on wikipedia actually so uh somebody's got
2: it down yeah
0: yeah let's just call it reckless speculation until i find the article and i'll send it to everybody
2: well it sounds i mean if that's the case that maybe it, it was kind of in reference or in lieu of the potential joining of these other big programs and there may be one odd man out and if there is an odd man out then I would think Vandy would be it, at least from a competition standpoint, when it comes to
1: football, because yeah. that's where the dollars are. I don't understand what they do with all their um, SEC money they get. Like, they, the stadiums still suck. The basketball gym—I would rather hang myself outside of it than go inside of it in and these days. I think, days. That
0: was the I think they
1: buy books and art. stuff. <laughs> like they have libraries there.
2: Yeah, and a hospital too. That's function.
1: Oh, <laughs> we had, we, uh, UT has a good vet center, a vet school.
2: Yeah, and Cadaver Central, man. No, nobody's yeah. better than the, the body part. And
1: oh my it was, gosh!
2: It's been removed. Oh. So.
1: How convenient. There. Randall. there was oh. there was a post on Reddit. Uh, no,
0: it was uh, on a uh, I think it was called fansign uh, wow. It's a side I read, so uh, I'll see if I can get. I, I think I made a copy of it at work. I'll see if I can get it. But yeah, it's been removed.
1: We're, we're breaking news.
0: Yeah, we're we're recklessly speculating at this point. But while we're recklessly speculating, Vanderbilt is a money drain from the SEC. And if you went to the football stadium, it is single worstly worse the football stadium I've been in. And, and I mean, I think UTC's football stadium is better in bandits.
1: Oh, Vanderbilt. They they just have, they've, they've been doing COVID protocol before COVID protocol was cool. Yep. <laughs> you can socially distance there better than anything.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, since I can't find my removed fan site article, we'll move on. Last subject of the night. Simone Biles wins a bronze medal, which may be my most interested that I've been in the Olympics the whole time. I mean, I really, I don't know if it's her telling the world to middle finger off, but I thought it was a nice moment to the Olympics. I know you two have been discussing Olympic basketball some. Where do we stand with the Olympics? Is Simone Biles... I know there've been some world records broken swimming. What's 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 held your attention? What would you like to talk about, gentlemen? Robbie, you look like you've got something on your mind.
1: Um, so I think of this Olympics as a rather uh, tame Olympics, and and something that's kind of an off year, no fans. I think Simone Biles will be remember it as the story of the Olympics that um, well one the courage to know something was wrong to talk about something that was wrong this is not and this has been said this is not basketball this is not sprinting this is not um, ice skating this is gymnastics where if you don't have it you can get seriously injured paralyzed or die the the she do, what she does and what she has to do to do her craft is ex- extremely dangerous and if you don't have it and to prepare this isn't her first olympics obviously she's got as much gold as anyone could ever dream in a lifetime but you still prepare four years for this and to take a back seat and to get your mind right and to have to step back on teammates and, and just the courage that takes and, and then to come back. And, and, and I get so sick and tired of, oh, it's got to be gold or nothing. Are you kidding me? These are the best people in the world competing on a one-time event uh, to beat you. And, hey, gold, obviously unbelievable. Silver, unbelievable. Bronze, unbelievable. To medal at the Olympics, the World Olympics, is freaking impressive. We have, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 viewers, and we're happy with ourselves. Could you imagine being the third best in what you want to do in life? Anyone who's criticizing her would give up almost everything to be the third best in his or her profession. So I applaud her, and I think she's going to be the story of the Olympics.
0: I, I I agree with you. It was a feel good. And Hey, this is not reckless speculation. It was to me. Uh, it's the one time that I turned my. You know, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I got a tweet that said she was competing, and I immediately. And it may have been tape delayed, evenly, but I walked. I walked into the living room, turned my TV on. And it was one of those Olympic moments where I won't say I was in tears, but I was emotionally moved by our finishing third and went in a bronze medal.
2: Mm -hmm. Not only that, uh, the beam is not her strongest event. She said it herself. She did win the bronze, I think, in Rio in uh, 16. But, um, you know, she had the twisties. And for people that aren't sure what she's referring to, if anyone's ever seen, you know, the floor exercise when – Run and plant and flip 38 times in the air. Um, you know, she described it as not knowing which way was up or down. You know, not having any kind of yeah. sense of space or dimension. Um, like Rob's been staying the whole time. I mean, that's broken back, broken neck. The, the way she's, how fast she's moving, it's insane. Um, so to come back, and not only that, to arguably having the most scrutiny of a gymnast ever. In terms of, you know, I know we know about Bruce Jenner uh, or Caitlyn and, uh, you know, Nadia Comaneci at age what, 14 or whatever. But, um, you know, there's more eyeballs on the Olympics today, obviously, than there were 20 years ago. And everybody was watching her. And for her to medal uh, in probably one of her uh, least strong events. And not only that, she uh, tied Shannon Miller for becoming the most decorated U.S. gymnast of all time. With seven medals, uh, and Biles has four golds to Miller's two golds, so even though it's not all about golds, she uh, medal to make herself tied for the most decorated U.S. gymnast of all times after basically having vertigo um, on the national on the world's biggest stage. Uh, that's insane, man. I mean, what it takes—the courage and and mental fortitude and whatnot—it takes, you know. And and uh, get off my lawn was saying, uh, oh, millennials, they you know, they don't want to compete, blah, blah, blah. You know, STFU, bro. It's yeah. she's a monster uh, mentally and physically. And, and, and yeah, I think she is going to be the lasting effect. Um, I agree with Robbie overall. Um, you know, there isn't the Usain Bolt or whatnot at a lot of hopes. were kind of resting on files in terms of American marketing for the Olympics in terms of the Olympics, marketing the Olympics. Um, you know, there have been nice stories. I know that, uh, uh, Tamara Mensah stock was the first African-American female to win, uh, golden wrestling, which was, uh, an awesome achievement. Um, you know, we don't have, like I said, we don't have those marketable track stars and, uh, I mean, they're going to be, but we didn't know about them coming in. And for most of us that, you know, aren't well-versed at, you know, who's in the four by 100 medley in the pool. Um, you know, we have to learn from, you know, this Olympics and go into the next one. So, uh, yeah, it's, it probably won't be awesome for ratings overall, but, uh, it'll be known for Simone Biles and uh, a few other very memorable moments. Uh, and if anybody hasn't seen Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart on Peacock talking about the Olympics, it's pretty great. So, uh, that would also be one of my highlights of,
1: uh, <laughs> of, uh, this Olympics. It's worth checking out. <laughs> Um, I, ever since this was put as a topic list today, I was intrigued on what our very own bronze medal specialist was going to be talking about. Mr. Losing the semifinals, Randall, what, what do you got to talk about bronze medals? Hey,
0: it's, it's I'm the third best player in our league. That's quite an accomplishment. That the sober guy loses to two drunks every year.
1: <laughs> every single year.
0: Every year.
1: Um, right, guys. I, wait, oh, wait. Can I can I say one thing? I don't know if you guys caught this. Uh, so the, I believe it was the Canadian sprinter who won the hundred meter dash, and he came out of like nineteenth in the world. Over under how long he, that gold medal stands.
0: September the 1st.
1: September the 1st? Yes. Uh, I'll take under.
0: Uh, I tell you, another good moment of the Olympics for me was a backup quarterback, uh, David Blau of the Detroit Lions. His wife is running for Columbia, Melissa Rodriguez. And they basically stopped training camp. And there's yeah. a video of, of uh, David Blau watching his wife win or finish second to make it to the Olympic finals. And it's a real good moment. And you you know what, man? Uh, you think about an NFL quarterback. This guy competes at the highest level of football. He was a little kid watching his wife run the 400-meter the
2: hurdles. And I, I thought that was a good moment, too, for me on a personal and level. Isn't uh, Katie Ledecky still kicking ass we've said ass three times now uh i think she's still like amazing in the pool right like i, I don't know what her medal count is but yeah uh yeah american swimming and has definitely uh kind of taken the pole or they the baton get, if you will
0: they need to get this back away from fo- start of football season so i can focus more
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, like, oh.
0: the, the bad guy spreading rumors about bandy needs to focus more let's get him back <laughs>
2: Bold move, by the way, running with the 2020 in Tokyo, even though it's 2021, obviously. Uh, Bold move there. All right, guys.
0: It's time for my favorite part of the week. I went the safest path ever. None of my picks are going to show up until August, so – or until until January. Uh, I do have my pick for the NFC East, which is – AFC East may be the lamest pick I make for a while. But, I mean, if you're picking the AFC East, can you pick anybody besides at negative 140, the Buffalo Bills? I almost said I wanted to drop $10 on the New England Patriots at plus 370. But the Bills are going to win the East. And that's going to be my bet the nuts. So let's recap right now what I have outstanding. The Titans to win the South, the Bills to win the East. Not a lot of drama there. Next week, the AFC North, I think that's the first time there is probably three of the four teams in the AFC North that I think could win the division. When's Uh, the
1: Hall of Fame game? It's to be coming up, right?
0: Yeah, I I have a – usually it's around now. Peyton's induction is the 10th, so it's got to be next week. Okay. Uh, I have a jamboree, the 14th, at Sequoia County Stadium. And while we're waiting on Rod to see if he rejoins, this week's 3R Sports is brought to you by Man Humble, the place that's gave me a paycheck for 10 years, despite being a marginal employee. Uh, Man Humble, let me just throw this up because I can, I work there and I cannot remember the phone number. Man Hummel is 260 Resource Drive. We're doing a hiring event all week. Uh, if you miss today's, you can call 423-443-7783. Ask for Riley Tarver. Again, Man Hummel doing a hiring event starting at 1450 an hour. And if you stay four months, we're gonna give you five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. And yeah. I'm telling you, guys, if you knew if you knew you could work somewhere that kept me a job for ten years for fourteen fifty an hour, would you not do it? Seems like easy money. Yeah.
1: Uh, speaking <laughs> of people that don't work very hard, uh shout out to uh criminal Barry, Barry James, who's one of our uh solid watchers and uh he just got a bonus today for his employment. Um hey, government employment uh it, it has its perks. Hey, and uh, and Man Hummel, real quick, I I wanna make sure that uh
2: the old man there uh it's actually it was four two three four four three seven eight eight three instead of seven seven eight three. Yes, seven eight eight three. We don't want to upset uh anyone who takes the time. So I don't need to, to one up you there, but I know you would have been mad at yourself if that were the case. So
0: yeah, Miss Riley Tarver's family owns a Anheuser Busch distributorship in in Cleveland, so we've supported our oh, family sweet. for a long time. Oh yeah! So uh, she's our HR assistant. That is her company cell phone. Call it, and it's seven eight eight three. Mister Davis, the best gambler that I know.
1: Oh, man, I'm I'm on a little bit of a cold streak, uh, and I apologize to that for everyone. I uh, I think I'm going to get us back on track this week so um obviously i think i've expressed my frustration with nascar taking this olympic break because nbc doesn't have enough networks just sign on with espn for christ's sake um so we can get nascar all year round but so on so we don't talk much soccer on here and we don't talk much about um, Atlanta United, who you know won the championship early on, they went through coaches, they went through best players, they've gotten shipped overseas. Um, been, they've been snake bitten a bit here recently, but tomorrow night at seven thirty, um, they're going on the road in Montreal. Um, on May fifteenth this year. Atlanta. They played in Atlanta. Atlanta won one zero over Montreal. Montreal's a little better in the standings. Atlanta still has talent. They just don't have it together. Um, but a so a little bit of a revenge game. Um, but and I know everyone's going to hate this, but I am betting for a tie. A tie is plus two sixty. I think um, Montreal gets off the board first. Atlanta scores late in the second. Montreal is much more happier with a tie than Atlanta is. Atlanta's fine, losing or not. So I'm doing a draw plus 260 on the Atlanta versus Montreal game tomorrow night.
0: You can bet a draw.
1: Oh, yeah. It's uh, nice. soccer, man. You got to love it. Got to generate interest any way we can in the U.S.
0: So uh, we've, got, we've got a soccer pick, and we've got a guy that made a pick five
2: months from now. Rod, where, where are you taking this team
1: <laughs> Pretty exciting um, stuff to end the show.
2: Hey, I'm not going to be very original either. Uh, I'm going tomorrow with uh, Max Scherzer in his debut. The Dodgers are minus 203. Uh, not the best odds ever if, uh, in terms of, I'm not really sticking my neck out. It's also going against Jake Odorizzi. He's got an ERA near five, but the over-under is eight and a half, so uh, I'm thinking about the parlay with Dodgers minus 203 uh, and the under. I don't foresee the Astros putting up. I mean, they're the best offense in the league, I believe. But, uh, you know, I think Scherzer's going to come out like, you know, he's never played in front of 55,000. I keep saying that. uh, I think he's going to be shut down tomorrow. So uh, I will uh, stick my neck out further and go with the under and uh, Dodgers minus 203.
0: I didn't think when I made my pick at negative 151, I would not, I'd be in the middle of the pack. but thanks Roger. It, it does make me feel better about my pick. Uh, Robbie at plus 260, Randall at negative 150, and Raj at negative 203.
2: Yeah, plus the under, so I don't know what the combined would be with the parlay,
1: but
0: you're, you're probably getting about even money on the parlay then. All right, Nice.
1: So my, my bet for hundred dollars is going in the computer right now.
0: Again, uh, August 17th at our friends on Cherokee Boulevard, Davis, Kessler and Davis live three hours sports two weeks from tonight. Uh, that could be interesting. We've invited a bunch of special guests, including uh, our friend Chappy from sports illustrated fame, Dr. Roto. Uh, our boy Phil, Phil Harris, uh, our friends from our Fantasy Football League. Uh, we can't just keep calling it a Fantasy Football League. Let's call it the Jimmy James Invitational. They can all make an appearance that night. Uh, the guys from Off the Center Card Show in Michigan is going to be here. My buddy D. Swain from the D. Swain and Bilo Show will be here. And, of course... Starring Robbie Davis and Raj Mehta. That's two weeks from tonight. Robbie, what is, no, Robbie, we're going to let you hit clean up tonight. Raj, what's your last words tonight?
2: Uh, I wasn't prepared for this. It's usually Rob. Uh, Yeah. uh, I am not, actually, I'm pretty stoked on back surgery uh, on Thursday. Uh, The only reason why I say this is I was asking Randall, who Basically, made up of popsicle sticks at this point in his life. Um, it's minor surgery, by the way, but it's just weird. I uh don't abuse your body too much while you're younger, let me put it that way. Hey, so, don't uh, watch
1: Dr. Death tonight.
2: Actually, that's what we watch this week, and
1: I'm oh, all about, God.
2: yeah, exactly. I'd heard the podcast, but Stephanie was like, you know, my wife was like, you want to turn it off, and I'm like, you know, I'm all about. You know, confronting those things. But there were a few procedures that were pretty similar to mine, which again is super minor. Um, it's just like shaving back the disc that's on the sciatic nerve. But like, yeah, after watching that show, it's like a dude cut off the VAS deferens or freaking vocal cords or something on people. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm not super religious, so you don't have to pray for me. But uh, I just, that's the only thing I've been talking about because I don't know if you see me grimacing right now. I, just walk around with ice packs, so I'm ready for it. Cause, uh, yeah, I abused my body at a younger age, so don't do it. That's all I can say. That's my last, my uh, my final
1: words,
0: Mr. Davis.
1: Um, yeah, I guess my final words for tonight are just how much fun this has been through uh, this part of the sports world. Um, I cannot wait. Like, it is getting so close. Like, I enjoy doing this now, each week, each Tuesday. I can't wait uh, in the next couple of months when uh, football season starts and, and, yes, bad beats to steal from SVP, gambling stories, and, uh, hey, going up to Knoxville and being drunk and being like, oh, I don't even remember that part of the game stories. Like, it's uh, it's about to get so much better. And so I'm excited about it and excited about uh, the future.
0: So officially I've decided our seasons will run from the opening weekend of college football. So we will close out season one and begin season two, episode one on college football weekend. Of course, we're 21 episodes in now, which seems impossible, but that's always a good mark to how long we've been here. So we'll start with our special kickoff program, season two, episode one.
2: Something okay. tells me the uh, the kumbaya nature of this show is going to change drastically <laughs> come uh, football Somebody's season. Called dirty names before football seasons, over uh,
1: uh-huh.
0: and it I could just be me. Think I'm-
1: <laughs> oh, um, tra- backhand trade proposals, um, wave wires. <laughs>
0: How, how many guys do you think we're gonna get on from our league on the seventeenth that's gonna come on here and actually tell us how they're gonna win the league? I've
1: I'm got thinking. my I've got my calendar booked off that from right. eight to midnight. What 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 what's our time what's our schedule?
0: Uh we are eight to midnight, but we'll see how much you get into the bourbon. We could probably tell oh, you i yes. well,
1: I'm I'm definitely gonna need a ride home. That's yeah, sure. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> absolutely. So all right, for Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta. Raj, you're gonna be back with us next week
2: after you get the backs fixed.
1: I will. Don't we'll no worry, next
2: week. Outpatient, I'll be fine.
1: All right. Well, good luck with your surgery, man.
2: Peace. Uh, go Dodgers don't, against the cheaters. I thought those are my final words.
0: Don't have anything cut off you may need later.
1: That doesn't yeah. sound
0: good. <laughs> see ya. See ya.